All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix with player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Is loaded and one out. Oh my god! Deep to right field, way up there, and way out of here! Second deck walk off home run! Grand slash! Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fancy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight I'm joined by the man, the myth, the Roto Nino. <laughs> What's up, man? George, what's going on, man? You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. And that name never gets old. And I hope Zach and Mike listen listen back and enjoy that intro. Because I know I yeah. will. Roto <laughs> Nino. <laughs> so what's up, man? How's everything? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, we're hitting late late night pods, coming off in one podcast, jumping to another. So tonight we're going to keep it simple, though, man. We're just going to, you know, a lot of people are doing positional rankings. So we're taking it, we're just getting a step ahead of them. We're going to go ahead and start actually talking about risers and fallers because we've been doing rankings for a while now. We actually talked about, and we actually discussed pretty much every position. We're still not doing, we still haven't done our P yet, which is coming up soon. But that is the only position we have not discussed and broken down. So we are going to start breaking, going into pretty much refining our ranks. And this is our way of doing it on a podcast. We're going to go through each of our each of our rankings, talk about a few guys that have since come up our ranks and dropped down our ranks, and why. Playing time, signings, etc. Because, again, we got ahead of the game, and we, download, and we did the downloaded. You should download, but we recorded the uh, actual position breakdown. So... Actually, before we get to it, I forgot to do this on the last podcast, so please, rating and review, hit us with that. A five-star rating is greatly, greatly appreciated. Obviously, a review is, cherry on the top, is a cherry on top. But So with that said, let's jump right into it. Episode 73, rankings, risers, and followers for first base. George, who's your first riser? Yeah, so one guy I have rising here is um, Reese Hoskins. So we did these rankings initially, I mean, a couple months ago now, I think, at we started doing for our, our initial first base rankings with uh, fan tracks. We did our staff consensus rankings about two months ago now. 
And so, you know, this was before we've had, you know, a lot of time to really look into things. And uh, I initially had him 12. I moved him up to nine. I, I actually really like Reese Hoskins uh, as a good uh, bounce back candidate this year. So, I mean, we saw him really like take fly balls to an extreme last year. I mean, he, his launch angle was crazy. I was off the charts. I think it was about 24 degree la- launch angle. And uh, I mean, we really kind of saw that manifest in his, in his batting average. It's just, it was down in the what was it, 220s. Um, now, I think maybe part of that had to do, the, the more I looked into it, I, I noticed that he had actually suffered a hand injury in August, in the middle of August. And so we saw just abysmal numbers in August and September. And so he, he got hit in the hand August 15th. And from August 15th on, he, he only hit 171, uh, five home runs. Uh, we saw his plate discipline uh, dip a little bit, 14% uh, percent walk rate, seven, uh, 28% strikeout rate. Before August 15th, he was hitting 241. Uh, he had 24 home runs up to that point and you know really has shown uh, a lot of growth in that play discipline 17.1 percent walk rate at that point and 23 percent strikeout rate so maybe there's something there maybe there's something to that uh you know maybe he was playing through a little bit of uh maybe he was playing a little banged up that second second half of uh, august and uh, into september but i do have him at there at nine for me i think that uh 29 i mean i'm sorry 24 degree launch angle i think it's it's bound to come down, right? I mean, maybe. I think he can make that, right? I mean, it can't possibly go up from there. Uh, so I think that he's got a good potential to bounce back here and maybe give us a, a good, uh, you know, 240, 250 average. And we see how many walks he could take. I mean, he, that. Points in OVP, he still gains. Points in OVP, plenty yeah, of value. Uh, absolutely. He's in a good lineup in a good park. Uh, so I think I, I like Hoskins here as a good bounce back candidate. I have him up there at nine. I think the bounce back, what's the word I'm looking for? Regardless, I think it's there. I think the potential for one is there, I should say. I'm not as sold on it. I'm I'm hoping for it because I'm rooting for him because I really like him as a player. Yeah. But I'm not as optimistic about it. And that's why he's actually 12 for me. And the guy I have at nine who went from, like, I think, 12 or 13 in my ranks is now at nine is uh, Trey Mancini, and you have him at 12. So we actually have these guys football in our ranks at the moment. But I am really – Mancini has grown on me. I'm big on him. And I, I think the initial ranking was just seeing every, how everybody else at Pantrax was lower on him. So I kind of got uh, I kind of got peer pressured into dropping him. But you look at his StatCast page, you start right there. You know, everything is 72nd percentile or better as far as exit velocity, X, uh, XBA, X-Slug, X-Woba, and hard hit rate. They're all, like I said, 72nd percentile is the minimum on those. Yeah. And if you look at just – some of that. So you you go back to 2017, which was his good year. He had he had the uh, the 24 home runs, hit 293, just a solid year. That was kind of like his breakout year. 2018, he kind of struggled. You know, 242 average, hit the same 24 home runs, but in in nine more games and about 50 more plate appearances. So then people were down on him again. He comes back this year, has another actually has the bounce back year. Puts up a career high in 35 home runs, 97 RBIs, hitting 291. So why was there a down year in between? The only thing I could see any different was the launch angle. He went from mm-hmm. 7.2 degrees in 2017 to 5.4 degrees, back up to 7.8 degrees. And with that, although he barreled the ball the most that year when he dropped his launch angle, the production followed the actual launch angle better those two years. So 
not only did you see launch angle come back to where like what kind of what you're hoping to see in Hoskins this year with the launch angle returning back to order, but you saw growth in Mancini's plate discipline as well. Sorry, the guy he actually you know slightly reduced his O swing, not a whole ton, but where he made the gains was the contact rates. He went up in contact rates. He has a little a little more O contact, a little more Z contact, and he dropped the swing strike rate almost a full percent. So you saw the gains there, and it manifested itself in a lower K rate. In um an overall lower K rate this year at twenty one point one percent, which is actually a career best since he entered the majors, and a career best walk rate of nine point three percent. So you see the gains in the plate discipline. You see him reverting back to what he showed in twenty seventeen, and you factor in somewhat of a juice ball and Camden Yards. I don't see what there is, and he's only twenty seven years old, so it's not like it's not like he's he's actually entering his prime. There's a yeah. lot to like about Mancini, and I'm having a hard time finding reasons to like why he should be outside your top 10. And that's my argument for everybody who has him outside their top 10. He also actually had, Oh, sorry. A little more, a little more, uh, something to it. He actually increases fly ball rate to a career best 20.7%, which by the way, I made the transition to using fly ball percentage on Savant only because fan graphs factors in infill fly balls, whereas uh-huh. Savant does not just so you know, I just found this out. Like I'm, I'm late to the party. So I only use fly ball rate from Savant now. So if you're if you're looking at Fangraphs, that's why it's different. But and his and not only was the five ball rate, it's best. I don't count twenty sixteen too small of a sample size. Since twenty seventeen, it's the best because also the ground ball rate is also its lowest, and line drive rate is also at his career best as well, which suggests the batting average can be sustained. That's I've really rambled on, but I wanted to make sure I hit every little point I I had about him. Yeah, yeah, no, you made some good points. I mean, I like the – I mean, he, he dropped that ground ball rate as far as – I mean, I'm looking on fan graphs. He dropped that ground ball rate by ten, almost 10%. So you love to see that. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, that those contact rates look pretty good. The only reason that I was kind of skeptical was just because of the team context. I, I just wondered, you know, how many – you know, how much of um, – how much is he going to contribute to counting stats? But – I mean, the more I think about it, there's plenty of guys to like there with uh, you think that Austin Hayes can start the, the season off there uh, with the team. Uh, maybe Ryan Mountcastle won't be too long uh, to get called up. And all of a sudden, there's a couple guys who can really contribute there and, and help him with those counting stats. So, And it doesn't yeah. hurt to call Camden your home. It never does. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we've seen people produce their – heck – I mean, Machado's a bad example, but Machado produced there, and I don't remember him ever having, like, a world beater of a team, you know, around him. It was just there's – there's a whole bunch of sneaky guys here, though. You have, you know, you have Hounser Alberto, Trey Mancini is obviously there, Santander, Renato Nunez. I'm looking at their Savant page, Austin Hayes, like you mentioned. So, and if Mount Castle comes up earlier than later, which I would anticipate, I think there is a sneaky little lineup there that could help him produce the counting stats that you might not think – are potentially going to come so it's a long-winded way of saying hey move them up your rankings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so who's the, another guy you are up on or high or rank i guess moving up your ranks uh yeah so another guy that i moved up a couple spots here was uh yuli Gur- guriel um just you know recently i've just been kind of looking at um uh, you know trends over the last few seasons to see you know uh just what I can find uh, looking at plate discipline, looking at batted ball data over the last three years, uh, just because I think, I mean, year to year trends are, are great, but I, I want to look at, you know, patterns that have been developing over the last few years to, to see like what could stick, uh, what I could trust more. 
And what I noticed with uh, Yuli was he has a three-year trend of um, actually putting the ball in the air a little more. He's uh, reduced his ground ball rate year over year. From 2017, he had a 46.2% ground ball rate. 2018, he had a 44.3% ground ball rate. And then last year, he had a 38.2% ground ball weight. And he's maintained that average. You know, he's always been a good uh, average hitter, but he continues to to lift the ball a little bit. And, I mean, I, I understand he's, uh, you know, getting a little older here. He's 35. He's going into his 30, age 36 season. But if he can continue to provide a solid average at, you know, 290 average and uh, perhaps contribute uh, maybe 20 to 25 home runs, and he's in, you know, one of the best lineups in baseball, regardless of what you think of them right now, uh, they're still one of the best lineups, you know, uh, the Astros. So I, I, I like Yuli Gurriel, um, you know, just especially considering the the back end of first base. There's not too much, you know, kind of dips off after these initial, you know, 12 to 13 in our, our rankings. So, uh, yeah, Yuli Gurriel is someone who I've kind of opened my eyes to a little bit. Um, a couple of things that I guess one thing that backs you up is that his pull rate is also at least this year where the maybe you're wondering oh where did the power come from because if you look at his advanced stats it's mm-hmm. not even suggested there but that the hit tool mixed with him putting the ball in the air more mixed with him pulling the ball more it's similar to like um what's his teammate's name wow Bregman Bregman mm-hmm. isn't known for his power prowess he's just a really good hitter that barrels the ball up. Well, yeah, so they, does Yuli. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know about his barrel rate. I honestly have to look it up. I do know that it's not that good, but it, it's only it's I want to like say it's three, only like, like three yeah. or four percent. But I mean, Bregman's <laughs> is only like five percent. So these guys, these haters, it's skill. In, it's almost like a skill, like because he's they're playing to the advantage. Because if you look at his home road splits, he hit nineteen of his home runs at home out of the yeah, thirty-one. Taking advantage, yeah, they're taking advantage of those uh, Crawford boxes. Uh, so and, absolutely, and he doesn't so strike out. Yeah, exactly. So I was just, that's why I looked at and home road splits. People were worried about the trash cans, but you look at the, uh, the home road splits, other than the power, he still hit for over 287 last year and really nothing to worry about. I think he's safe. I was a little down on him initially too, so he kind of rose on me. The only thing I'm just curious about is how much like, he really felt like he started still last year only hitting 240 and then he ended really poorly hitting 206 in September, October. Don't think that's a huge deal, but it's definitely something to think about maybe hopefully hoping that the the last month was just him getting tired from hitting all the home runs all year but (laughs) so yeah he's kind of been he's kind of been a riser of mine as well so i was actually trying to just back you up and i've gone back and forth on who my riser is because i there are just so many people that went up and down my ranks i mean i guess the one that's most notable was the cj crone i remember he was like low 20s but it was all because he just didn't have a home Right and now, now he has a home, and I put him at twenty-one. And looking at our consensus rankings, I was by far the highest. Like the next closest is twenty-three, so not by far, but I was definitely the highest in all, over at Fantrax. And I just don't see what there's not like not to like. I mean, if you look at his Statcast page, literally pretty much everything across the board, he underperformed according to Statcast. He's he was expected to do better based on his stats. He had a fifteen percent barrel rate. That was that was top that was top five percent in the league. Mm-hmm. I don't see how he with a full time gig. He's he, he's not good. He can't be good for thirty home runs and a two fifty average like floor. And I'm guessing injuries have been an issue because he's only played like one forty or less in the last two as far as games played in the last two years. That's CJ Crone I'm talking about. So I'm just having a hard time not buying in at his price. NFBC. DC, uh, 
Draft Champions ADP is 264.8. Fantrax is at 303. So the discount is baked in. I'm expecting the price to, the price to rise on him. And realistically, he kind of fits both categories. He's a big riser for me. Like almost, I think he jumped up like seven or eight spots, but he's also a sleeper. So we're, it's kind of hard not to, like, that's where my biggest movers are in the back end of my back end of my uh, ranks. I'm sure same as you, but that's who I cherry picked to talk about first. So it kind of fits both that sleeper slash uh, riser. So on that note, we're going to take a brief break and we'll be back with you shortly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back. Transitioning to the followers, who's your first follower? So the first follower for me was um, Carlos Santana, uh, just from my initial rankings. Uh, the more I looked into it, I had him at nine, so I basically just flipped him and Reese Hoskins. And, I mean, it, it's pretty just it's just pretty simple with Santana. He had a career year at age 33. Uh, you know, there's just not much, much more to that, really. I mean, he kind of overperformed a lot of his metrics. Um, as far as the like batting said, average goes, really, it's it's really the batting average. Like he could be, he could be 25. He, I still expect 25 and 250 out of him. But that's the thing. That's his metrics suggest that he should have been 25 and 250, basically, <laughs> maybe 28ish. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, he shouldn't be like a 30 plus home run guy with a 280 batting average. It was, it was definitely like if you have it, if you have, if you have somebody in your league, like a dynasty league that's buying into that two years, all of a sudden at age 34, wherever it is, totally understand, totally with you, totally selling. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's basically what it's about. He's just, you know, he had a career year at age 33. I mean, he's still going to have, he's still going to have tremendous play discipline. So, like, in, in, you know, one of those guys that's going to have a huge uh, disparity in his rankings between like points leagues and, you know, standard oh. five by five points leagues you can argue he's top he's like a top 70 pick which is crazy like that would be considered reaching according to adp but you got to take advantage of the adp and that and points leagues and he's one of those guys you definitely go out of your way to get yeah absolutely so my first follower probably the only one that really falls that i've noticed is at least a follower for me is um well there's two but you're gonna talk about him next but my big one and this one hurt me a little bit because you know i was higher on him the most coming into the year was Danny santana my big thing, there's a couple things now. It's kind of just the batting average floor scares the crap out of me. That plate discipline is is pretty bad. Strikeouts mm-hmm. nearly he strikeouts nearly thirty percent of the time. Doesn't really walk for much. And there's enough strings there's enough swing and strike in his game to the batting average floor could be legitimately bench bet he could be benched for it. Obviously there's twenty twenty upside, which is hard to ignore at first base. I get that. But I don't like taking a chance on that type of that type of floor where not only is there a floor there? But they, they're getting crowded with the signings of Frazier and probably should have looked up the other t- uh, signings. I know Solak is getting squeezed. And honestly, I like Solak as a player on like as a player overall compared to Dan, Dan Santana. So like, I feel like Dan, I feel like Santana's um, leash isn't going to be very long. I mean, he's projected to hit fourth, which is very, very hard to ignore, but I don't know, man, there's a lot of red flags here and I'm just, I'm kind of, taking a step back 
all I got. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I mean, no, it's yeah. hard to argue that. I'm, I mean. Right. I'm right there with you. That's why I had him where I, I, I don't even think I moved him uh, in my initial, from my initial rankings. I don't even think I moved him. I have him at 17. And that's the thing. I think I'm coming down to the norm more than mm-hmm. being high on him. That's what it is. So, because I think there was guys, see, I don't know. Like you look at the, like one of the guys I moved ahead of him was like Edwin Encarnacion, but I think it would be need-based. Those two are very much need-based. They're back-to-back in my rankings now. But Edwin's mm-hmm. going like 100 picks later. So that's where it gets kind of funky at first base. But obviously Santana's fantasy appeal is in the dual eligibility and the stolen bases. So that kind of boosts his ADP. Doesn't mean I ha- doesn't mean I feel like he's worthy of the ADP, which is why I won't have any shares. Anyway, we, <laughs> our, the next follower, I'm going to let you talk about him a bit. I think it's for obvious reasons, but we both had him really high. I think I know my initial ranks had him like 14. Now I put them all the way down at – wow, where did I rank them? 20 – I can't find them. <laughs> can't find yeah, them. <laughs> we're talking about Nate Lowe here. Yeah. Uh, cool. I, oh, there he is, 22 for me. 22. <laughs> it looks like you have him at 19. Uh, yeah, yeah, I still have him here at 19, but he is a follower for me. I was also initially really high on him. I think I had him uh, at 15. And it's really just – you know, the, the playing time squeeze there in Tampa Bay. Uh, they acquired Jose Martinez. They signed, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Susugo? Yeah. Yeah. Y- y- Yoshi y- Susugo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they brought in Susugo. They brought in uh, Jose Martinez. So, I mean, real, does Nate Lowe even start the year in the majors? I mean, I, I love the talent. Have, uh, they also you have know? Face. They traded for um, Hunter Renfro as well. Which is mm-hmm. an outfielder, but it's still one less spot for Jose Martinez and Susugo, you know, or it's one more spot they're all fighting over. I should say. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to trust anybody here in in this lineup outside of you know Austin Meadows. Um, so, I mean, you, well, I'm looking at roster resource right now. They don't even have him in the majors. And, no, and that's they perfect. Don't. That's plausible that he could, you know, start the year down in, in the minors again. And it's just, who knows if they're going to play this this game with him. Uh, like they did last season, bringing him up and down. I would love for them to maybe trade him to a, a better situation where he would get uh, you know more playing time because I really like talent a ton. I mean, I think he's got a great hit tool and he's got a you know tremendous power too. So, I mean, he he was someone that I loved last season when he came up and uh, it just didn't work out. But um, another one here who I just have to move down just because of the the team context and the, you know the situation. It's ba- it's strictly based on that because I'm a big Nate Lowe guy. I think the skills are there, but there's just nowhere for him to play. It's that, it's really that simple. And if you told me Brandon Lowe, because you know, or Lau, I'm a huge Brandon Lau guy. If you told me he was going to be one of the safer options entering the year as far as like for playing time, yeah. I would have been like, no way. But it's like he's one of the few options I feel comfortable going into the, <laughs> going into the season with. And granted, it's probably only going to be a strong side of a platoon, but I'll take the strong side of a platoon. These days, a platoon, like a strong side of a platoon, that's as good as it gets in fantasy because there's just so many of them. So many right. of these teams, some of these teams are playing to the analytics. It is what it is. You got to kind of, you have to adapt to that. And obviously, weekly leagues, you want guys that don't have platoon splits, but it's unavoidable in these deeper formats. So you just got to pick guys like, I love Brandon Lau. He's going to get the strong side of a platoon. He's supposed to lead off. And I know it's not, he's not first baseman, but just looking at their team, it's kind of where my head went. So. 
We both yeah, no, that's a that's a good point, especially in deeper leagues. Sometimes you'll take, um, especially like in Roto, if you're not playing in like a daily league, if you're if you're in a weekly league, it's tough. It's tough to uh, roster sometimes some of these platoon guys. But if they're on a strong side of platoon and you're, you're like in a Roto league, perfectly fine with someone like Jock Peterson. Um, even Eric Thames is not a bad option there with uh, Washington. So, yeah, that's a good point you make about uh, about platoons these days is uh, sometimes you'll take the strong side there. And that again, that's kind of just like that's that's both of our followers, really. I mean, that's uh, he's both of our followers. So we both have. So let's re- recap or quick recap because this is the, kind of the idea of these podcasts. You're supposed to be kind of quick hits because mm-hmm. if, if there's too much changing in our rankings, we did really bad rankings at the beginning, right? <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, so a couple and and we want to save some for the sleeper. So a couple risers for us. Who were your risers again? Uh, Yuli Gurriel and Reese Hoskins. My risers were Trey Mancini and where's his, what's his name? <laughs> and I'm looking at the wrong page. Uh, and CJ Crone, which again, he's kind of, he, again, I was being picky because he's a sleeper, whatever. You know what? We're going to transition right into sleepers. And a big sleeper of mine, I'm, I'm, I wrote, I'm writing about him or wrote about him in my sleeper article. Probably going to do a deep dive on him, but it's Christian Walker. And he's actually ranked above CJ Crone. But I wanted to talk about both of them, so I made I made a point too. They're both going outside the top 150 in ADP, and that's the cutoff point for sleepers. At least in, at least on our podcast, you can go into deeper sleepers, go outside top 300. Which spoiler alert, got a couple names there for you guys as well yeah. in my article. But I'll speak about them tonight in case you don't read my articles, which is fine. At least you're listening, and I appreciate that all the same. So a little bit about Christian Walker ADP right now, just about 200 range in 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 NFBC and fan tracks. And he just had like this quiet breakout, put up 29 home runs, eight steals, solid triple slash. And the fact that you can get 29 and eight, or you got 20 out and eight out of them. And he's like 28, he's a 28 year old season. You're like, wow, there's no way this is real. But when you look at the improvements across the board, very, it, it really does suggest that everything about it is very much real. He's another guy that just didn't, he underperformed his metrics 80th percentile or better in x but X-Velocity, X-Slug, and hard hit rate. He actually was top 6% in the league at heart, with hard hit, in hard hit rate with a 48.4% hard hit rate. So something to be said there. And then the barrel rate was top 10% with 13.1%. So obviously there's some changes there that really result in such great – resulted in great results. So, I mean, uh, kind of that's about it. I mean, he increased – again. another reason for the power, he – purposely increased his fly ball rate and pull rate. So you you take all that, you take the fly ball and pull rate, you put it with the hard hit rate and the barrel rate, and it kind of all goes together into saying, hey, this power breakout is very much real and who he can be, assuming it sustains. First and half, first and second half splits, all the same, no real monthly. Like you look at month per month, there was no real tail off at the end or anything. The lefty-ready splits, I think, were pretty similar as well. So I think all in all, just a solid guy in the middle of drafts that I'm yeah. targeting everywhere. And again, I'm going to write a deep dive on them because I think it needs to be done because I found some more interesting stuff. I just couldn't fit it all in the article. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. That's a good call. He's another one that's raised his contact rate. His swinging strike rate mm-hmm. has gone down um, each over the last three seasons. So yeah, that's a good call. You can't take him. No. <laughs> <laughs> who's, one of your, who's one of your sleepers at the position? Uh, so one guy that I have not moved, I still have him here at 14, is Luke Voigt. Uh, I am the high guy on Luke Voigt. Um, I, I really like Luke Void. I mean, it's unfortunate that he, he got hurt last season. 
um, because before that he was just mashing and he mashed the year before too and with the Cardinals and then with the Yankees um, so really I, I think he's it was a, a dom, abdominal injury uh, around June, the end of June, June 29th. I think mm-hmm. they, they placed the, him on the uh, IL the whole, retro. They London, uh, it was the, during the London series and with the, against the Red Sox. I looked that up recently. Actually, I yeah. was curious exactly when, again, it happened. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, before June 29th, he was hitting 280 with 17 home runs. Uh, I mean, he was – he was fantastic. He was awesome. And then after June 29th, he, he was down to 250 for the rest of the year, only four uh, home runs after that. So I think that had a lot to do with it. I mean, you know, it was a, a abdominal injury. Obviously that's, you know, really affect a hitter, you know, taking his swing and uh, you know, Aaron Boone said as much at the winter meetings, he kind of gave his vote of confidence for Voight. I think that's a, a big reason why people are down on him right now because they don't uh, trust that he's going to have playing time. I mean, Boone has said all the right things this this offseason at, at the winter meetings. He kind of gave gave his uh, vote of confidence for Voight, saying that uh, he should be coming into camp healthy, that he wasn't necessarily the same hitter in the second half, uh, partly because of the injury, and that he should uh, come in ready to take that first base job. So, I mean, obviously it's a great park. It's a great lineup. Uh, he's one guy that's going past pick 200 who right now, I mean, he, I would take him as my first – as a, you know, I, he's one of the last ones that I'm comfortable taking as my first baseman, even in like 12 team leagues. I mean, uh, I'll take a shot on Luke Voigt. The, the guy can just hit, he could just match. Yeah, so I'm taking a shot. Who knows? Maybe it'll uh, backfire. Maybe he won't. Uh, maybe, maybe he loses the job, but. Um, no, he will I'm, be, no, he will be everything that we wanted Greg Bird to be over the last couple of years. Right. Okay? He <laughs> right. will be, he will be what we expected from Greg Bird. Um, I, are you on the Evan White bandwagon with with majority of like at least me? I know I'm on it. So Evan White. Uh, so before we when we initially did these rankings before he signed a contract. So uh, That's he long wasn't. Oh jeez. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's how long ago we did these, and so he was not on on. I don't think he was on in anyone's rankings. Um, he initially. was fringe for me, but no, fringe, he was even right. top thirty. So he was a big, he's a big mover for all of us, regardless. He's a so technically he fits both categories as far as being a riser and a sleeper. We saved him for sleeper, at least I did. But do you have similar sentiments? Are you not as optimistic of the call or the the quick call up or the starting from day one? Um, I'm just, I, I like Evan White. I, I do like Evan White. I like the opportunity he's going to have there in Seattle, but I do have him ranked 27th right now. I, I'm, I'm not comfortable yet putting him any higher than that, just because I feel like I need to see it. Wait and uh, see for, approach. I, I get it. Exactly. Kind of a wait and see approach with, with Evan White, see how things play out there. Maybe if when spring training comes along and, uh, he's taking all, all the early at bats there at first base and, uh, you know, he's he's looking uh, pretty good there, then I'll probably adjust from there. But uh, as far as, you know, before he even takes a at-bat here, I'm just going to wait and see a little bit. I'm, I'm a little higher, obviously. I think I'm just betting on – I'm just taking an optimistic approach early on in the offseason still. Because as much as we don't think it's early on, it's still early on. Like, obviously, spring training hasn't even started yet, and we're already talking about rankings changes. It's kind of funny. This wasn't us last year, man. Like, could you? I, I couldn't imagine. I can't believe we're already like this is where we're at now. But anyway, <laughs> it's crazy. But it's my it's mind boggling. But um, I'm a little more bullish on him because I think and the comps. I the comp that came to mind for me was Goldschmidt. I've talked to mm-hmm. some really big prospectors, and that's actually a similar comp. Not just like as a defender, he's a great defender, five category upside. There's a little bit of speed there that 
untapped speed that hasn't really shown in the numbers, but it's like, I think his speed skills like a 55 or 60, you know? So it's not, it's a pretty good grade. Mm-hmm. So I think all overall, you're looking at a guy who can give you 20 and 10 with a 280 batting average, which that's, a, that's, I mean, that, that would make him like a second round pick, but I think that's a legitimate outcome in a full season, maybe not this year, but next year. So obviously I'm not expecting a full, and I, I can see him starting off in the minors. But if, if he, if he rakes in spring training they, with, with that signing, they have no reason to start him in the minors. If he starts off slow in spring training, I will adapt my rankings and drop him. So yeah. he's, he, he's very much likely to be a mover again. But right now I'm higher on him than a lot. And I'm willing to take a shot. He is 12 team relevant. And that's why, like for me, he's like a last round pick or one of those final round picks in a 12 team league just on pure speculation. Yeah. And because of that, I'm being, I feel like that I feel like I wanted to reflect that in my rankings because I feel like if you're inside the top 25, you're being drafted in 12 team leagues. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I, I do like why he showed a lot of good things last season in, in double A, hit 18 home runs. The one thing he did strike out 23% uh, in, in double A, so that's one thing that we'll see how it translates to the majors. Uh, he hasn't seen a single pitch of major league, uh, you know, in the majors, so we'll he'll see be the how next that... one, Soto. That's fine. <laughs> Juan Soto hasn't skipped a beat somehow. Jeez, I was so down on him last year. That's one of the ones I got wrong really bad. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought for sure he was going to struggle a second. No, no, he didn't struggle. He hasn't struggled at all. Now I'm over here taking him like eighth overall in drafts. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was the one who I, I scooped him up in. Uh, what was it 2018? No, uh, yeah, 2018. I scooped him up uh, when he came up everywhere, and then. Uh, took advantage of that and then last year I just he was kind of a fade for me I thought he was going a little bit higher than I was comfortable taking him but obviously you know that was a bad call <laughs> he provided a huge profit potential me and you got burned on that one anyway that's enough talking about let's talk about the good things that you know we, we were good like Josh Bell stuff like that was good about last year anyway <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna hold on to that one it's like one of my best wins so actually I did really good with hitters last year with pitchers that sank me damn Bauer and Thor I'm never gonna let that go they forever scorned me I'm a, scorn, I'm a scorned lover that cannot forgive. Do you have another sleeper you want to talk about? Sure, yeah. So um, another sleeper I have here is uh, Jesus Aguilar. I mean, here with Jesus Aguilar, we're looking at someone who was going in the top 100, you know, last season in drafts. And now he's going, I'm looking at Fantrax ADP, at least he's going like in the mid 400s. I'm not sure where he's going in NFBC. Uh, but Aguilar, you know, he made the move to Miami. So, you know, he's... He's likely going to get full playing time there at first base. He's going to hit in the middle of a lineup that all of a sudden is looking a little better. They added Jonathan VR. They added Corey Dickerson. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's going to hit there, you know, maybe clean up, you know, fourth, fifth uh, in the lineup. And he's actually, despite having such a horrible year last year where he hit only 236, uh, he's actually been making some gains in his plate discipline over the last three seasons. He's someone that I noticed kind of jump out here. Uh, let's see, last three seasons, his contact rate has, has gone up from 68% to 72. And then last year, 75 uh, swinging strike rate has gone down uh, each of the last three seasons. Uh, his O swing is, is went down by 6% uh, last year. So uh, yeah, his, his walk and strikeout rates are going in the right direction. His contact rates going in the right direction. So we'll see. I think he's another one of those uh, bounce back candidates who, uh, I think people might be sleeping on right now. So he, he, I think he could pr- pr- possibly provide some good value. I can't really argue with that. But I can tell you that I'm buying back in on Justin Smoke at his price, which yeah. is really 
which is uh transitioning right into another sleeper of mine. Just I can't. It's so hard to quit anybody who goes to who who goes to Milwaukee, man. And you look at another guy who just out underperformed compared to his his metrics. I mean, he literally had 42 points of difference between his batting average and his actual and his expected batting average. Yeah. And he's always been good at barreling the ball. No less than 10, uh, 10 actually 10.8% last in 2018 was the lowest of, of the last five years. And he had 11% barrel rate. He had a walk rate in top percent, top 3% of the league at 15.8% while reducing his K rate from 2018 to 2019. So plate discipline got better. He hit the ball decent, you know, not the best hard hit rate, fifty three in the third fifty third percentile, but I mean, you don't have to hit the ball that hard to get it out of Miller Park. So <laughs> I'm just, I don't know, I'm having a hard time quitting him. And then if you do that little cool thing like you and Bubba did, so like I kind of stole it from you for this one guy for him. You take his hit spray his spray chart from last year, put it yeah. over Miller Park, and it was like everything was a home run type of thing. <laughs> like. It's just hard, man. But it's, I think more specifically, OBP formats, daily formats, prefer obviously as well. But anything OBP wise and points, I think he gains a little bit more value because of that. Those walks, but he's just it's just a lot of fun. And you know what? Where is it? I, I used it in my I used it in my article. Pete B at Pitcherless Pete, smart guy. I talked to him here, so he's obviously Pitcherless Pete. He writes for Pitcherless, and just a fun little stat. Throw in the throw throw it in the zone, they barrel it. Throw it outside the zone, they won't chase. Twenty nineteen players with at least eleven percent barrel rate and lower than twenty percent O swing. Three names on that list. Mike Trout. Anything with Mike Trout is amazing. So there's only two other names. <laughs> Mike Trout, Max Muncie, and Justin Friggin' Smoke. And yeah, I was like, pretty good company. Fun stat. Like, what do I take from that? I don't know. He just he's very patient. And when he swings, he makes good contact. You like that. You like that mix in a player, and this guy is free in drafts. So I feel like he's a good way for me to end. A, he's a he's a deeper league sleeper. He's interesting, and points leagues never get enough attention. So here's a points league guy to go after. And my voice is cracking because it's late. <laughs> yeah, I can I can hear the the tiredness, the raspiness, the raspiness <laughs> in my voice. Oh yeah, you're, you're hope, almost ready hope, to go down, huh? <laughs> I hope I hope it adds character. No, I'm gonna finish. I have to finish um cleaning up this article, uh-huh. and, but but yeah, I'll be going to sleep soon. I hate that my voice sounds raspy like this, but it is what it is. It's my dedication. I, I love That's doing right. this. I really do love doing this stuff. So my voice sounds a little funny tonight. I'm sorry, guys. It's just it won't stop. Oh my god, I'm going through puberty. That's all. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm going through puberty in my 30s. God, I'm, I'm going to be 30 this year, dude. I know it's not uh, old. Me too. <laughs> We're gonna be, hey, I'm right there with you. It's I'm, weird I'll be though. 30. My wife's like, my wife's mm-hmm. giving me a hard time. She's like, oh, you're, you're almost 30. I'm like, oh. Okay, like it didn't really hit me. And like the other day, like, hey, someone asked me, hey, Mike, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm 30. I'm like, crap, I'm not 30, but I'm saying I'm 30. It's weird. Entering my 30s, and it's like, I'm entering my prime. That's what it is. Right? Podcasting prime. Heck yeah, heck yeah. I'm right there with you, man. I'll be 30 yeah. this year too, so. We're, we're bringing in our 30s, doing baseball podcasts and writing articles, just like I imagined it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god i'm getting old kids yeah i'm not old by any means but kids make you feel that way any other names or are, are we good you know what i think we're good i think we're good it's a good Perfect. little update here mm-hmm. yeah and the idea is to do these for every position i might i might roll some of these solo but we'll get to that another day with that being said guys appreciate you listening as always you can follow me on twitter at mike underscore curlin george is at roto underscore nino Almost did it, man. Almost messed that one up. I almost called you Jay Montanez. 
Jay Montanez, no mas. No more, man. No mas. No mas. <laughs> Lo siento. We are going to go international and keep it at Roto underscore Nino. And the podcast page is at Base Loaded Pod. Again, guys, rating review, greatly appreciated. Really helps us out. And other than that, we will talk to you soon. 